your hands. Just clap your hands and make a joyful noise. Hallelujah. 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 I'd say go ahead. Unto him, unto him, unto him. Unto him be all glory and honor. Wherefore ye are sons and not servants. Don't wait on anybody to tell you what to do right now. This thing that God is going to do is in you. It is in you. Out of your belly let it flow. Out of your belly let it flow. Come on, there's miracles in this place. Healings and deliverance in this place. Don't wait on somebody to come lay hands on you. Just throw your hands up and say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Wherefore he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all, I think or ask. According to the power that worketh in me. Come on, there are God-designed times until the time appointed of the Father. This is one of those moments, congregation. Hallelujah. 
Yes. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this one time. And whatever happens from here will, of course, dictate the actions that will come next but it is not that you do not know what to do right now you can't have this for 40 plus years and not know what you ought to do right now my challenge to you is don't doubt yourself don't doubt yourself you're not some ragtag army that got through together for this moment Hell is, a, hell is so fearful of this next few moments of this congregation's existence. Principalities and powers are trembling where they stand right now. Kingdoms are going to be torn down. It's not that we don't know what to do. It's can we... I speak to you, arise in the power of the Holy Ghost. Stand in the power of the Holy Ghost. Speak in the power of the Holy Ghost. The devil is more fearful of you than you are of him. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we shall condemn. I do not believe, I do not believe for one minute that this church does not know what to do. I do not believe that. I think that there's, I think that there is an unrealistic fear in this place. It's like the child that's afraid of displeasing their father. So you choose not to act for fear that you'll disappoint him. Can I just be as bold tonight to tell you there's no wrong action for you except lack of action? Can I encourage your faith right now and tell you you can't do anything wrong in this place tonight? 
that God is simply waiting for you to dispatch Him to do what you need Him to do. Come on, apostolics. Mm. One more time, hands and voices lifted. I will not, I will not, I will not preach long tonight. I will not, I will not belabor the point. I do feel, I do feel the Lord would speak directly to us from his word for a few moments. And I believe that this is instructional. And I believe that if we will get this, this will be this ingredient that is lacking from this particular moment. Do you understand that? Amen. Please don't make me preach long. Please don't make me preach past my moment. Will you help me? Numbers chapter 33. Numbers chapter 33 and verse number 50. It's from there. Numbers 33 and 50. You don't even have to go back to your seat if you don't want to. I really don't intend on preaching that long. Numbers 33 and 50, and the Lord spake unto Moses in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When you are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, would you say that with me? Passed over and into. Then, then ye shall drive out all. The inhabitants. When you have passed over and into, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you. You will destroy all their pictures. We're going to talk about that. And destroy all their molten images. And quick or quiet pluck down all their high places. And ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land. And dwell therein. For I have given you the land to possess it. I want to preach to you the curse of coexistence. The curse of coexistence. 
Before you can possess it, you have to dispossess it. And if you don't get this revelation, the next portion of this scripture becomes an indictment. And ye shall divide the land. You shall divide the land for a lot for an inheritance among your families. And to the more you shall give the more inheritance, and to the fewer you shall give the less inheritance. Every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his lot falleth. According to the tribes of your fathers you shall inherit. Here we go. But if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which you let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes, thorns in your sides, and shall vex you in the land wherein ye dwell. Moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. The curse of coexistence. Lift your hands, your voices, and let's just worship. Don't get negative on me. God's going to do great things here tonight. You may be seated in Jesus' name. In the mind of God, in the blueprint of His eternal plan, He has always had victory in mind for the church. I do not believe the church is in trouble. I don't think the church is in trouble. I think the church is governed and protected and provided by A mighty God. A God that does not run hot nor cold. A God that does not sleep late or becomes deaf of hearing. But a God who is ever present. Who is always there. Who is always in tune and listening to the plight, to the cry, to the voice. That being said, God is never in a standstill mode. Of the increase of his government. Shout increase. Shout increase. And of the increase of his government. There shall be no end. Everything about God. Is in a forward perpetual motion. For me to stand still. For me to pause. For me to wait. Could be the greatest mistake of my life. At God's chosen time. God intends on moving me into the place he has prepared for me. God has a place prepared for me. God has a happy land of promise for me. Not just over there, but here tonight. Not just in the heavens, but here in this life. God has promised and provided good things. I'll make you the head and not the tail. I'll make you the lender and not the borrower. I'll make you above and not beneath. I'll bless you going. I'll bless you coming. That doesn't sound like a weak God. And that doesn't sound like a weak Christian. 
I'll give it to you so you understand it. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this present world. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. You're not listening to a weak preacher. You're not listening to a powerless preacher. You're listening to somebody that knows God's got a place. God's got a land. God's. Paul said that this is a journey. Paul said that this is a race. Paul said that this is a fight. That doesn't sound like the kind of Christianity or kingdom that hits the pause button very often. If I am in a race, I must run. If I am in a fight, I must fight to win. Matter of fact, Paul went as far as to say, when I fight, I fight not as one that beateth the air, but I bring my body under subjection. I plan my attack. I don't just walk up and start swinging the swing, but I wait for my opportunity because when I hit that joker, I plan on knocking him out. I plan on taking him out. I plan on defeating him once and for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am convinced tonight, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I am convinced tonight that God has a place for us. I am convinced tonight that God deals in individuality and in generalities. I am convinced tonight that God sees me as an individual. But he sees us as a collective whole. I do not believe that God intended for us to struggle. I do not believe that God intended for me to coexist with an enemy that wants to destroy me. I do not believe that I can come to church and vacillate between ups and downs and ins and outs. I believe that God has given me the weapons of my warfare. And they are not carnal. But they are, however... I'm sorry, I'll say it again. They are not weak, they are not anemic, and they are not in trouble. They are mighty through God to the... (laughs) I am learning, I am learning day by day in this fight, in this race, and in this journey that my devil is more afraid of me than I am of him. I said he's more afraid of you than you are of him. You just don't know that yet. It's amazing to me that we can have this kind of God and this kind of promise and yet coexist with something that is to my detriment, that is to my default, that is trouble to me. How in the world could I allow myself to believe That this great big glorious God that can do anything and everything would put me in a place of blessing and then say, you're going to have to fend for yourself. I'm done with you. Everything you get from here on out is up to you. I don't see God operating that way. Are you hearing me? I don't see God operating that way. I don't think God leaves me to fend for myself. However... He will bring me unto my desired haven. He will equip me and empower me to get into Canaan. But when I get into Canaan, something shifts. He said the glory, the power, 
the rock, the manna, the food, the protection that wandered with you those 40 years. It is now coming off of you. Not because I'm not capable, hear me tonight, not because I'm not capable of blessing you, but because you are capable now of taking care of yourself. Here we go. I preached to you last Sunday a heartbeat of God, I believe, deep in my spirit that the apostolic church is in its greatest and final hour. That we are the chosen of God. That we are not in trouble and we are not weak. However, when you come into this life, when you begin this journey, you begin it as a servant. You begin it in a classroom. And you are under tutors and governors. You are to receive instructions. But the instructions cannot last forever. You cannot live in the classroom of learning forever. That's okay. You cannot live in the classroom of learning forever because there is an appointed time, not of my determining, not of you determining, but of God. When the Holy Ghost says, I'm going to make a visit to them and I'm going to see because long about now, they ought to be ready to cast some devils out. They ought to be ready to tear some. Woo! And so he said, under Paul's penmanship, that the heir is nothing from that, nothing at all. He does not differ from that of a servant, though he be Lord of all. But he is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. I have walked to this pulpit often in the past few months and preached to you about God's sovereign timing. I'll tell you again tonight that God's sovereign timing is all that should matter to us. Okay, you can have a good idea about how to build a snow shovel that will absolutely eradicate snow off a driveway in 33 and a half seconds. But if you try to sell that idea in July, you're not going to get very far. So you can have the right idea at the wrong time and it not get very far. But if there's three foot of snow on your driveway and you have a brilliant, you, you get my point? God is so, God is so into timing. God is so tuned into his own timing that the church, hear me, the church has got to learn the timing of God. Revelations 21, 17, and the spirit and the bride and the spirit and the bride and the spirit and the bride. When will the church mirror what God has to say? When will the church emulate what God is saying tonight, this week, now? Because the time appointed of the Father is here. We are going to stand up and we are going to take dominion. We are going to tear it down. We're going to lift it up. And so the Lord brings Israel into the happy land of promise. He lifts his cloud. The pillar of fire, the pillar of cloud, he lifts it. And he says, from here on out, it's going to be behind you. Don't worry about it. I'll protect you from your past. But anything in your present or in your future will be up to you. And if I have not shown you in 40 long years that no weapon formed against you shall prosper... I'm just going to slow down and work on this just a minute. If 40 years of a rock following you in the wilderness is not enough to prove to you, you'll never get thirsty. 
If 40 years of your clothes not wearing out, your shoes never getting a hole in them, it's not enough to prove to you that I'll take care of your everyday needs. Nothing I can do in there that I haven't done out here. And so he says to these people, you're here now. You're in now. And so when you cross over Jordan, it's a new land. It's a new place. It's a unique place. I have often wondered, and I won't take a lot of time here, but I've often wondered what happened to the dudes that carried the first batch of grapes. Hang on a minute. They were so big it took two men to carry. Now, there's a time or two in my life that I pulled off the freeway in Northern California and walked in a vineyard. I'm, I'm, I'm confessing, so pray for me. And uh, I walked through there and I found a cluster of grapes that looked good and looked ripe. And I picked them. And I'm sad to say that I ate most of them. I did. But I didn't have to call for the car to be brought around and one of my boys to step out and say, help me with this cluster of grapes. They're too big for me. However, the Bible says that when Moses sent them in, that they come out carrying or bearing grapes that it took two men to carry. They were... Have you ever seen grapes that big? What happened to them? Where'd they go? I'll tell you what my opinion is, is when a church gets to that moment and they hesitate, they lose. They lose precious things. They lose miraculous things. They lose grapes big enough to have to have two men to carry. And they have to settle for less than the best. You hearing me, right? You cannot hesitate right now. You cannot look around and say, we can coexist right now. God, help me in the next 10 minutes. You cannot get here and say, well, we've been here a few times before. And this will eventually die out. This will eventually digress. And, you know, we, we're with you, preacher. But soon or then later, we're going to go back to our normalcy. I curse that in Jesus' name. Don't lose the grapes. They're bigger than anything you've ever seen. You can't do this by yourself. You... I've not been privy. I've not been privy to the future. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't really know everything that God has promised this leadership. I don't know what God spoke to Bishop and First Lady 40 years ago. I just know God. And I know for God to have you here is a pretty big statement of where God intends on taking you. And this is an awesome crowd tonight. And I'm so thankful for the honor to preach here tonight. But let me tell you something. If you think this is all that God's got for you, if you really think that all that God has done up to this moment is all God plans on doing, you need a revelation of grapes. I feel it. 
I feel it. I, I, I feel the, I feel the moment of doubt. I feel that moment of hesitation. And you are no different than Israel was. We have a hard time believing for the future when it's up to us. I'll say, well, you understand it. It's easy to believe for God if you open your tent door and know that He put the manna and He sent the bread. But the minute you cross over and you realize, if we're going to have church, I'm going to have to have it. If we're going to have revival, I'm going to have to get involved. It's not God sending it. It's me letting it out of me. And I'm trying to get this church to see that the revival that God's got for you is not going to fall on you. It's going to come out of your belly. It's going to flow like a river. It's going to go to every crevice. It's going to climb every night. Don't sit there and doubt. Don't sit there and hesitate. Grab the grape. Grab the grape. It doesn't matter how. Clap your hands and give God praise. can't help but wonder how in the world, Bishop, a man could slide back into normalcy after carrying a cluster of grapes that big, after seeing what God was capable of doing. Oh, dear God, hear me. I want to get to that moment where I see what God can do. God, I've never seen grapes that big. I've never seen rivers of milk and honey. I've never seen a land so fertile. But because I haven't seen it nor owned it doesn't mean that one day it won't be mine. See, if anything ought to cause you to have a moment, it should have been that statement. And that just goes to show that we have bred a culture among us that we are servants with servant mentalities. But something's got to happen to us where we realize I am not a servant. I was born a servant. I was trained a servant. But servants yield to sons. Servants turn into sons. Did not John speak to us under the words of Jesus when Jesus said, You are no more my servants, but ye are now my friends. Ye are now my So the Lord says when you get there, it's going to be, it's going to be up to you. You can remember what I've done. You can remember the rock. You can remember the shoes and the manna, the quail. But when you get into the land of promise, things are going to change. There's that word. There's that word we all fear. But nevertheless, it's mandated by God. Change. Change is not a choice. Change is mandated. Change is necessary. Aren't you glad you don't look like you looked when you were first conceived? Aren't you glad your hands have fingers and not webs? But when you were first conceived, they were just a conglomerate. But through death and cell change. You are not what you are yet to be. But the change that is on the horizon will bring about that. Can I just 
Can I just step back a minute and tell you what I really feel in the Holy Ghost? I feel that before this thing is over, they're going to drive by. And they're going to hit their brakes. And they're going to flip the U-turn. And they're going to pull up into this church parking lot. And they're going to say, I don't know. Okay, you, you probably want to sit down on this next statement or it may knock you down. So go ahead and sit down. Let's be safe. You like that, don't you? That sounds good because that's futuristic. But for that to happen means you're going to have to take your lunch hour and get in here. See, it's not up to God to let that happen. It's up to you when that happens. See, I lost half of you. Because it's easy to say, but it's another thing. Yeah. And that's what happened when they went into Canaan. And the Holy Ghost, I'm almost done. The Holy Ghost looked at him and said, okay, here's the deal now. From here on out, this is yours to possess. Oh. Do I ever like that terminology? Possessing the provided. I don't have to create it. I just have to possess it. I don't have to create a revival. I just have to possess the revival. God has provided it. It's up to us to possess it. (sighs) Sounds easy, doesn't it? Here's the paradox. Before you can possess it, you got to have a new spirit, a different spirit. You got to have a dispossessing spirit. Because the fella that lives in your house thinks he owns it. Watch me. Here's what we do. We'll have a Sunday night breakthrough. And by next Sunday. And we'll have another breakthrough. But by next Sunday. And we'll have another breakthrough. But by next Sunday. Do you mean to tell me that that is the will of God for the pendulum to swing that much? Do you mean to tell me that I get to sleep in my house one night. And out of my house the next night. Back in my house the next night. And when I put the furniture like I like it, the guy that really owns it changes it on me. That's how come you can have moments and meetings that change things. And people respond to a certain level. But then when the guy leaves. Because down deep we know we are not possessing it. We are visiting it. I got all this today, so gripe to him if you don't like it. He said the reason they're hesitant is because they don't believe it's theirs. That's why we get frustrated. Hear me? That's why we get frustrated with breakthroughs. 
That's why it's harder and harder to get God's people to get out in the aisle. Or to come to the altar. Or to believe with that reckless faith that God can do anything but fail. Because we have been into the land, but we didn't get it like we were supposed to get it. Help me, man of God, help me. Here's what we do. This is my enemy. Not really. This is my enemy. And so we get in the land of promise and we start dancing. And we say, I, I, I thought, I thought I was supposed to get this. And all of a sudden, something equally as big as me starts pushing back. And I'll just shout harder. Uh-huh. And we've learned that we can get in there and have a little party. But something in our intellect tells us, you don't live there. You can't stay there. That really doesn't belong to you. Even though God said it, it doesn't belong to you. Because we are trying to possess something that we have not dispossessed first. You love me? You're fixing to prove it. Hang on. You said, oh, Jesus. Come on, big fella. Have a seat. <laughs> I don't love you that much. <laughs> and that's and that's the way we have church. Hang on. That seat wasn't made for two. Why are you trying to coexist? Why are you trying to take something? That's why it's getting harder and harder to get God's people preached into a land of liberty. Oh, possess it. Here, God provide, possess it. You're right, he did. I promise you he did. Every valley, every, every stream, every house, every land fertile, everything God said, you go ahead and build it. But it's really not for you. It's for my people on their way. But when God's people get there, they got a messed up mind. They think they can just move in. And we are trying to take lands with our enemies still living in it. That's why you come up here on Sunday night and you get your fix. And you feel yourself bumping into that pre-existent thing. Where is the liberty? Okay. Maybe maybe I could be wrong. But I thought when I take the land that God promised me, that it was mine. So how come it's not? How come we keep coming back to the same issues? 
Because we've been preached how to possess. But few of us know how to dispossess. Because we don't believe down deep we have the power. Stay there. The word dispossess means to occupy by driving out previous tenants. To possess in their place. Mm, To seize, to rob, to inherit, to expel, to impoverish, to run, to cast out, to consume, to destroy, to disinherit, to take possession of, to impoverish, to come to poverty, to cause one to become poor. Before you possess it, you have to dispossess it. You have to cause the thing that is sent there or set there, that built it for you. You you didn't get that part. You see, God is not going to have you make or waste time doing what he's allowed them to do for you. But if you think they're just going to give it up because you ask them to. I prayed this afternoon when God began to deal with me about this. I said, God, I ask one thing. I ask you one thing. That when I'm done, you're done with me tonight. That you blow in that place. And you blow that place up. And you don't let one individual leave like they came. For I have given you the land. Before you possess what I have given, you dispossess. So you have to dispossess what I give. To give, to bestow, to grant, to permit, to ascribe, to employ, to devote, to consecrate, to dedicate, to pay wages, to self-exchange, to lend. To be made, to be prepared, to be given, to be bestowed, to be delivered to. God said, you're going to have to possess but you have to dispossess what I have given to you so when I had it created I had the deed in your name but because you wasn't ready for it and you wasn't here yet I allowed them to till the land But when you see it, because you've been a slave for 430 years, it's going to be a hard thing for you to believe that house is yours. That land is yours. This place is yours. And it will be easier for you to learn to coexist than it will be for you to dispossess. You know what? Here's what I'm willing to do. If you'll just scoot over a little bit. Go ahead. Just just go to the right as far as you can. Here's what I'm willing to do. I'll just sit right here. And we'll learn to have church like this. Because I don't think that I have deserved this yet. 
And if you don't dispossess, I'll let them be a thorn in your eye. I was, I was grinding a piece of metal about three or four years ago and like some dummy didn't think that I had to wear goggles. And I got a little piece of metal, Bishop, right in my eye. I mean, it just stuck me right in my eye. And I couldn't see it. But oh, could I feel it. Finally, I had to go to the hospital. They had to take a needle and numb my eye and take tweezers or something. That's gross, isn't it? But that's how we have church. We have blurry vision. Why? Because we've learned how to do this. And the Lord said, I'll let you do that. But it will be at your detriment. It will be like a thorn in your eye. Here's what I believe. I believe with all of my heart that we have crossed into a new territory of unretreat. We cannot back up. Not just this assembly, but the apostolic church in general. We cannot back up. We are not some weak army. We are not some forgotten people. We are the apple of his eye. One, two, three, four. And that's our trouble. I'll put a thorn in your side. I'll put a thorn in your eye and I'll put a thorn in your side. You can't, you can't, you can't operate right. You, you can't think clearly. There is nothing worse than perpetual pain. Am I right? You live with chronic pain. It will drive you crazy. Because every moment of your life, sleeping or not sleeping, you hurt. And you learn to react from that pain. Okay. And then he said, I'm going to vex you. And I thought, it's just a little simple word, you know, I'm vexed. It's so much bigger than vexed. It means to bind, to tie up. To shut up, to be cramped, to be in straits, to cause distress to, to press hard upon, to show hostility toward, to treat with enmity, to harass. God said, go ahead. Go ahead. Coexist. And it won't be what they do to you. It'll be what I do to you. Because when I made you and I allowed you to come out of Egypt, I never thought you'd stop short. I never thought you'd let somebody living in your house with your name on the deed be bigger to you than I have become to you. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I delivered you out of the hand of Pharaoh. I gave you water out of a rock. I rained manna from heaven. I sustained thee in the way. I protected thee. I, I'm done. 
I told you, I'm done. Here it is. I... There is a tone. I need you to hear me right now. There's a tone that I believe the kingdom of God has when they know who they are. My, my, my dad, you can remain standing. My, my dad is that neat, neat guy, unique guy. And uh, he taught me a valuable lesson many, many years ago. My dad has never been one to fight with devils. But boy, he can find them. Can he ever more find them dudes? And I've watched him sit in church services and watch people sit on top of people, hold people, shake people. And I've watched my dad start going... And barge over there like only Herschel can. And say, get away from him. Move, move, move. Leave him alone. Devil, I command you. Come out of him. And where they were wanting to fight and put on a show, my little simple daddy said, Devil, I've never seen a devil not go. But I've never seen my dad fight with one either. So I think what we're trying to do. And it's exhausting us. It's wearing us out. Because you think it's in your abilities to perform something for God. It's not. It's in you realizing, hey Bubba, you're in my chair. And we're not going to fight. But you are going to leave. And we're not going to coexist. Move. Now. Wait, 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 wait. And that that was created will always understand the voice of that which created it. You are not speaking as yourself. You are speaking as you move. My seat. My revival. My breakthrough, my moment of victory, my deliverance. I will not wrestle. I will not fight. I will proclaim.
I'm going to get you wet. Watch me. Watch me. Here's what happens. Here's why you can't do what you want to do right now. The translation says you are restricted. You are in bonds. You are imprisoned. The moment you think you can coexist in the eternal plan of Almighty God with something foreign or not meant to be there, you don't coexist with it. You become imprisoned by it. And the thing that you would do, you do not. You can't tell me that you don't desire a breakthrough of all breakthroughs tonight. You can't, hang on, hang on. You can't tell me that of all the services, all the years and all the moments, that you are not at a place that says, I'm tired of hearing about the happy land. Well, maybe you're not. I'm tired of hearing about how big those grapes were. I want my house. I'm sorry. I want my living room. I want my vineyard. I want my valley. I want what God's got for me. And I'm not going to struggle. I'm not going to fight. I'm just going to say it. Devil, I rebuke you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in. I'm not trying just to hype you up. I'm trying to get you to see who you are. I'm trying to get you to believe that you are the sons of God. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Then I'm done. Stop trying to possess.
because you haven't dispossessed yet. You don't want that place with them in it. Identify what needs to be gone. Complacency, lethargy, laziness, lack of prayer, lack of Bible reading, lack of worldliness, compromise, not loving the doctrines, not loving truth, not being submitted to headship. What is it? What's your issue? Stop trying to live and coexist with something you know is not the will of God for you. Deal with it first. And there'll be plenty of room in that chair for you. But if you think you can sit on a stool, sit on the armrest, and live happily ever after, the Holy Ghost says, you don't need to worry about Him. You worry about me. I'll put something in your eye and something in your side. You can't sleep and you can't see. You will live in constant chronic pain all your life. And furthermore, every time you try to have a breakthrough... God, I'm losing my mind. Why can't I get? Because you're vexed. Because somewhere you thought, instead of breaking on through, you could stop shy of it. No more. Remember, you got the attention of God for this moment. I didn't bring it. You earned this moment. This is a good moment for this church. Oh, my God, I can't believe you doubted that. This is a heaven moment. This is a God moment. You know why? Because you vexed. You ought to say, get your hands off me now. Loose me now. Get out of my house. Get, go, go. I'm done. This is up to you and God now.
Come on, it's here. You feel it, you sense it, you know it. It's here. It's here. Your moment. Your moment is here. Your, your time is here. Not just collectively, but individually. Your moment is here. I'm not going to walk out of here vexed. I'm not going to walk out of here constricted. I have a free faith. I have a powerful God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Move. Get out of my way. You do not belong here anymore. I will not coexist with you. Unless you have knelt to pray, I want you to stand. Unless you've made your way to this altar, you've knelt to pray, I want you to stand. Don't stop praying, just stand. I want everybody to stand. You were not made to live with, you were made to live for. You were not made to live with, you were made to live for. I'm not going to coexist with my enemy. I'm not going to try to have church with my enemy. I'm not going to try to live for God with the thing that wants to destroy me. I'm not. I'm just not. So as of right now, I'm going to free myself of that thing. I'm going to get rid of that thing. I'm going to dispossess first. I'm going to release. And before I'm done from this place tonight, I will walk in to my destiny. I will grab hold of it. It may be new to me. I may not know what to do with it quite yet. But I'm going to hold it. I'm going to grab it. 
congregation, those of you that are standing, it is time for you to dispossess the things that have been vexing you. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to plead with you because that's how you treat children. I'm speaking to you as an adult. I'm looking at you as a child of God, as a son of God. It is time for you to dispossess your enemy and take what is rightfully yours right now. beg you to plead with you is destructive tonight but because you are sons I believe God's going to do exactly what I asked him to do I believe the Holy Ghost is fixing to walk into this place and level us I believe the Holy Ghost is going to hear you and answer you. I believe that the vexing of your spirit.
I know folks are starting to trickle out of here, but if you're here and you're vexed and you're tired of it, come on. Come on. Now, if you're not vexed, you ought to be acting different. If you're here and you're vexed, come on. Hurry. Hurry. Come on. God did not promise this church something he's not able to deliver. There's a reckoning coming right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't just stand there. Come on, hurry. Hurry. Lift your hands, your voices. Lift your hands and voices. Come on. Lift your hands and voices. Come on. That's it. I'm tired of living below. I'm tired of living without. I'm tired of not having. I'm tired of the frustrations. Come on. Make your way. Push in. Come close. Come on. Come on. The Holy Ghost said, I'm going to visit that place tonight. The Holy Ghost said, I will bring a reckoning to that place tonight. You better hope you're not coexisting and sitting out there. You better hope you've not learned to live. That's it. Come on, Antioch. Press. Press in. That's it. Come on, married couples. Come on, mom and dad. Come on. Yes. I'm going to dispossess this thing once and for all. I'm tired of walking to this altar and trying to have a breakthrough living with this. You are not welcome in my house. You're not welcome in my mind. You cannot. congregation dispossess God never intended for you to have to coexist with that thing he never intended for you to have to live with it
Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak it like a son. Speak it like a child. Come on, ministry. Come on, preachers, go to work. Come on, men of God, go to work. We're crossing over. We're walking into the land of promise. And we will not be vexed in our land. We will not be vexed in our houses. We're not going to visit and return. We're going to live in this place. Could it be that tonight's the night that that struggle is over? Could it be tonight's tonight? Could it be? Could it be the thing that keeps you from reaching, the thing that keeps you from having? Come on, if you can't do it freely, you're still vexed. I said, if you can't do it freely, you're still vexed. You must not leave vexed. You must not leave vexed.